Happy Turkey Time, Docolo. We hope your Thanksgiving is fulfilling and with minimal drama. My name, Bob Sham, and you're listening to the Documenteers Podcast, the podcast all about discussing documentaries. And this week, Johnny joins me for our Thanksgiving documentary that isn't completely about Thanksgiving, but features Thanksgiving labor cultures clash as a Chinese company fills a manufacturing warehouse that once held a vibrant GM plant, giving the citizens some semblance of hope. But for all its communist bluster, China doesn't seem to be into a pesky little thing called workers' rights. This episode, we discuss Stephen Bognar and Julie Reichert's Netflix doc, American Factory, and it is both baffling and eye-opening. Next week, we roll into December with another documentary that came out this year with some semblance of buzz. Eldridge sits with me here in the Shamco Studios, and we discuss a documentary about a troubled comedian that has more to it than meets the eye. Or does it? Rabbit Hole's terminal illness, manipulation, and meth come together for Ben Berman's documentary, The Amazing Jonathan Documentary. I think it's on Hulu or Netflix. I don't know. I get them confused. I watch a lot of documentaries. Amazing Jonathan is a comedian. Maybe you saw him in the 90s slicing into his arm or making cocaine jokes. Did we mention there's meth? Yeah, he smokes it. More on that next week here on The Documenteers. Clip credits played in brief in this episode include Everybody's Working for the Weekend by Loverboy, UGK's Diamonds and Wood, which I think I've played before, one of my favorite UGK songs, Roy Orbison's Working for the Man, an instrumental of Jerry Reed's Eastbound and Down, and maybe some Guided by Voices, and a bit of Bruce Springsteen's Song Factory. But as of this intro recording, I haven't decided yet. It could be different. I don't know. A correction, when referencing the past economic crash, I said 2018. I obviously meant 2008. I'm sure you get it. com for ways to get at us. March is Listener Request Month, so drop us a line on what documentaries or short, weird internet videos you might want us to do. Slots are limited, obviously, and also we can't guarantee we will like something we have yet to see, so keep that in mind. Plenty of people like to hear us get mad at documentaries, though, so... And I get it. The, those episodes are probably uh, amongst the funnier ones. We'd love to hear from you, and you can thank us all for our hard work and hours of content and producing this podcast by giving us five stars and a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That kind of thing is very valuable to podcasts who want to get in front of people's ears. Do that and we know you're not a sociopath. Let's get into it. The working life. The underpaid life. American factory. Happy Thanksgiving. And keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Everyone get close to everyone so you can touch someone. This is very serious. It's more serious than you can imagine. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for just being our God and for all that you do. We thank you for this day. And we thank you for the chill in this air, Father, and because we thank you for the sunshine, because you create the chill and you create the sunshine. And you know these are tough times, Father. We're asking this morning for your guidance. Amen. 
We've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do. Forget about your women and that water can. Today you're working for the man. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, happy this, Thanksgiving to you. You don't you don't know it till just now, but this episode will drop the week of Thanksgiving. It's the Thanksgiving week episode. Yeah. Yeah, you don't do we have time to go into the defending Thanksgiving thing or should we skip that? I think we covered that last no, year. No, listen to last year's episodes yeah. from November through mm-hmm. December. Mm-hmm. I want to do my best. Indigenous to avoid peoples it. are important, but food is nice. Yeah. And family is nice. Family is nice. And you nice. can be thankful for stuff without Supporting the slaughter and displacement of indigenous people, correct? Yeah, slaughtered turkeys, yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'll slaughter the fuck out of some indigenous turkeys. Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday. Anyone who's listened for a long time, those stalwart few who have been here since the mm-hmm. beginning, they know. Mm-hmm. And boy, do they have a high tolerance, those who've been here since the beginning. It's pretty amazing. That's true. Sometimes they, you know, leave messages on your Instagram and complain about the episodes, but otherwise it's... You know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's kind of just good to know that they're listening. It really is. Sometimes I want you to <laughs> get pissed off. You need a few haters to bring the... to get the word out. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say I've gotten real hate-hate. I'm actually still waiting for the hate-hate. No, cause... it was just like, Bobby, what's up with the sound effects? Yeah. Do you have to play a clip of every song in hell's bells i feel like when i get real true hate like a good fuck you it's gonna happen but i really feel like the the snowball is gaining momentum i mean if you'd ever followed my advice and gotten hannigan on the show we might have <laughs> seen some real blistering heat i've listened to his studio I've, have you listened to his jedi realist radio show i have not there's no way he listens i don't know he might but the director of american jedi uh we we like each other's stuff on Instagram all the time. Oh, that's nice. Lauren, he's a nice fellow. Well, he also did uh, Bronies. the Bronies documentary. Which we haven't gotten to. He's done a few. It's so good. I love it. Seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, the way we talk about American Jedi, you'd think we gave it like one Herzog. It actually got like a six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was okay. The verdict was that we couldn't decide whether... The docu- the documentarian was yeah. skipping over the important things, like the really interesting parts of Jedi culture, or if it was just really <laughs> that shallow of a religion. Uh, it's injecting your feelings into pop culture. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Or bending pop culture to reflect what you want it to. I guess you know, all... I'm a big fan of dogma and authoritarian leadership within a religion. Yeah. So <laughs> that just didn't check off those boxes for me. I just like... Very basic good and evil structures. And then a bounty hunter at once. It was in a even while. missing that. Yeah, there was no bounty hunter class. <laughs> no. I meant the good and evil, but yes, also bounty hunters. Oh yeah. Man, we talk about that doc a lot. I think I had promised we really do. that like, we for one that we didn't like very much. It keeps coming back. I think I had said that we should talk about it less this year. It's probably our most referenced one. But, but this one, our Thanksgiving documentary. Thanksgiving shows up in this. It does. It's not per- it's not specifically a Thanksgiving documentary. It gets challenging when you go spe- when you want to go specifically. Last year we did a PBS Pilgrim special. Woof. We're going to be in the same boat this year with a, a, a Hanukkah episode. Oh, nice. 
uh, we got a special Jewish correspondent coming in. That's fantastic. But boy, PBS comes in when there's nothing else out there. PBS shows up and they're like, oh, we did something. You know, them or the BBC, like, if it exists, they've probably made a documentary on it. I wonder if there's a BBC Hanukkah special. That's a good question. We're talking about the film American Factory, directed by Stephen Bognar and Julia Reichard. And this, uh, as I had read, I forget the name of their production company, but Barack and Michelle Obama signed some big Netflix deal, basically created a production company, and they signed, this is the first thing that they signed. Basically, really? basically they made the fucking film and Barack Obama was like, I'm Barack Obama, I now add production credit to this. Oh, shit. So, yeah, he's not president anymore, so you can really lean into, like, real left-wing kind of ideologies. <laughs> yeah, part of me part of me wonders whether or not he was not speaking out for, you know, Black Lives Matter and he, some real crazy social justice causes. He was there. He was there in Ferguson, I recall. He was, and he did. He definitely did. He stopped just short of endorsing the actual movement. Sure. Which is unfortunate, but it makes sense being the first black president. You're going to get accused of being way more left-wing than you actually are. Yeah. And so if you come out endorsing Black Lives Matter, then all of a sudden you're a diehard Marxist. Yeah. And in league with that guy in Austin or Dallas who shot down white police officers. It's hard to... I I sometimes frustrate people because I often criticize the left because of what I see as ineptitude or hypocrisy in the face of what we need. I criticize people who call the Democratic Party the left. Yeah, and that's kind of the point I make when I criticize them. The right, I think, are often monstrous. But the thing is, they kind of do everything I expect them to. We're talking, we're not... To analyze them is not really to approach something that is rational. They think oh, yeah. that, they think Hillary Clinton is a social. They'll call Hillary Clinton a socialist. Woof. In any other in a world where people are literally what their political representations claim they are, Hillary Clinton is a Republican. And oh, that's absolutely. Just, and that's just the fucking reality of her policies and what she's contributed in her positions of power. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so it's like that's that whole wing is just completely fucked and irrational. There's no, it's just pure manipulation. But I think Barack Obama is a great signer off on documentaries so far. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty good one that you signed mm-hmm. off on. I think I'm still waiting on the objective, regardless of what the right and the left think. I think Obama will always be considered a popular president. Mm-hmm. I think people forget that. The 2018 election, more people in, than ever in the history of the United States voted for Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. That's not a small thing. It's not a uh, bell curve kind of scenario here. We're talking no. about someone who accomplished something great in in that moment. But I think we're going to need a little more distance on the true objective analysis of the Obama legacy. We know what the Republicans think. They're dumb. <laughs> and I know what I was hoping he would do. Often, which were things he did not do. I think also the left... Well, the Republican acted like he he was a socialist. He obviously wanted to... It seems like he, like many other establishment Democrats, just want to make sure the Republicans don't bleed out their eyes. And But they never <laughs> rewarded him for those attempts. So what, at some point, you got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? 
Maybe I should right, just right, go ahead right. and do executive orders to free people from imprisonment and that are unjustly in prison. And he did it a little bit during his lame duck era, but right. he didn't. But he could have. You should have just went hard. I wonder if he looks back and he's like, I should have went hard. I mean, what we saw with Obama and Sanders and Donald Trump, you know, these crazy weird candidates. I mean, Obama was weird just by virtue of being half black and running for president. <laughs> Yeah, based on what is that was that was unusual in the scope of American history. What we see is that those three people drew out non-voters. Yeah, they didn't change the minds of existing voters necessarily. They drew out non-voters, and that's why they had such high turnouts. Yeah, Uh, uh, votes of desperation. That's what they inspired. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. The right thinks Obama's a far left radical, but sometimes the left, the liberal kind of tell themselves that too oh absolutely i think the truth is that maybe he wasn't that you know maybe he was truly a moderate i mean as a we kind of assume that if obama like the left kind of assumes that if obama didn't kowtow exactly to what they claim their expectation of him is that they just kind of make an excuse like oh well he probably does he just doesn't want to make the republicans angry uh right he could literally not you know, care that much about these issues. I mean, it's hard to say because his, it seems like his terms as president didn't necessarily match up with his life pre president. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but you can wrap it up with a quote from Cornell West. We should all know that Jesus was a socialist, (laughs) but we should also know that Obama is not. This magnificent vanilla brother. I think it's pretty solid. Let's get into this shit. There actually is an interview with the directors and the Obamas that popped up right after this. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. So, And I won't. But no. American Factory by Stephen Bognar and Julia Reichert. We're in Dayton, Ohio. It's 12-23-2008. Do you have vivid memories of 2008, the climate, and how people were reacting? I can't Whoa. say that my life personally changed. But I did kind of see the fear and panic around me. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't have shit then, so it didn't seem to <laughs> matter. Right. I remember people were getting stimulus checks from George W. Bush. Oh, right. The Chinese ice cream party. And then, yeah, people were losing their jobs. I was in South Alabama, you know, rural America, and it was getting hard. And people were freaking out. I was going to bars a lot more. Yeah, and everyone was like, this is going to be the next Great Depression. And the fucking GM plant in Dayton, Ohio closes. Sure did. Well, how's the... Everyone just talks about the housing market and Mm -hmm. shit, and people like blame consumers or the banks. I blame the banks because they benefit from you doing this, and they'll tell you whatever they want to get you that Mm -hmm. house so they can get that quota. But we don't talk about these plants fucking closing down. The real estate bubble was a big deal, but the GM plant here in Dayton, Ohio, also shut its fucking doors. We stand here today um, with a plant that's closing, with a, a, a deep, rich history, and uh, it's it's sad for me, and I'm sure everybody else in there to see it go. But I will say this: I'm extremely proud of the people that work in this plant here. There's none better. They know how to get the job done. It didn't fucking matter to me. I know I'm renting for life, probably. That's just how it's going to be from here on out. Most likely. And I wasn't in the market for a house then, either. Yeah. The jobs. 
Everyone had to get two jobs and then three jobs. To, uh, a locked-in interest rate was very important when we bought our house. Because that, that was an issue when the housing crisis crashed. The banks were like, oh, we're going to have to up this like 30%. And it's like, <laughs> mm, we need fixed interest. Thank you. Shit. We see a sand silo and then some singing in Mandarin. This is 2015 now. <laughs> And the Fu Yao plant has come into the remnants of the old GM plant. And there's some hope. The hope under the Chinese flag. <laughs> there's a, a Chinese couple we see coddling in a very relatable moment when we first initially meet the Chinese. Just snuggling with his honey, right? Mm-hmm. Look, admiring the flat Ohio skies, I guess, or the land is flat anyway. But yeah, they're, they're standing on a bridge, right? And they're looking over the city. Of Dayton, the home of uh, Robert Pollard, the Guided by Voices singer. Uh, also, the Wright brothers. Yeah, and the first the ever place t- of aviation. The first ever Tim Hortons I ever saw was in personally was in mm. Dayton, Ohio. A lot of landmarks there. First airport I ever saw was in Dayton. I was visiting my cousins in Middletown. And we get a cross culture of factory production. We see a guy talking to potential workers saying what's going on. So we do have three different shifts right now that we are working with. A first, second, and a third, pretty traditional. You'll also have a 30-minute unpaid lunch. Plus there's two 15-minute paid breaks. I love how companies say these things as though they chose to give you those things. <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't have to tell us the law. In fact, we'll tell you. If yeah, you're it is federally confused. mandated that that's... When Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Fuckerberg, was being uh, <laughs> grilled by the Senate in a, in a whole dog and pony show that amounted to jack shit. More like Zuckerberg. Yeah, right. Am yeah. I right? Are you yeah, right? I'm right. You're and right. And Zuckerberg... He touted some regulations and some things that they do to protect the minimal that he does to protect the users of Facebook. And he bragged about it. But right. the only reason those specific regulations that he had bragged about were in place was because European governments and structures were like, you have to put in these regulations. You can't do this here. Oh, shit. But that's but corporations do that shit all the time. They're forced regulation after they've proven that they can't be trusted with something. Mm-hmm. Regulation comes mm-hmm. down on them. And then they talk about this regulation as if they fucking chose to do it. Oh, yeah. Like when I was working for Home Depot, they were talking about, you know, if you get hurt, you have to tell a manager and we have to take care of it. When, in fact, they've been dealing with hurt workers for a very long time mm-hmm. and they've learned through trial and error that that's the best way to go they weren't doing it out of the fucking goodness of their hearts but that's what they make it sound like in the training videos after the manager explains the basic workers rights that exist in the country mm-hmm. he says that this place will not be unionized and there is no desire to be so there is no desire to be unionized it is our desire to not be then we see Chinese trans. We're communists. We don't need unions. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the like. The, I mean, China is so strange. I'm still trying to figure out Chinese communism, and because it's so scary, and there's so much shit happening at home right now, I haven't tried that hard. I mean, it just it's quasi communist, but mostly just you suck up to the 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 state and you can be an oligarch it just seems kind of like they have more capitalistic regulation but you get the feeling it's more 
that the punishments punishments more come down on people who don't bend the knee as quickly. Oh, absolutely. And we see some we'll see that later on. And we see Chinese transplants at a lunch meeting. We see McDonald's cups and shit like that. Mm-hmm. They talk about all the things that you can and can't do here. You can joke about the president. How about that? What? You, and China, you can't say Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh. That's true. In fact, Winnie the Pooh is banned from uh, that mm-hmm. giant nation. South Park's gone now, too. They say that Which, they, that's yeah. not too much of a loss. But <laughs> You know what? Good on South Park. Good on Good South on Park for... They've they been speaking up about quite a few things recently that I think is important. Yeah. You know, they've had a history of it. and uh, If South Park disappeared, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, there's just so much of it anyway. So, and, can't even believe it's still on, but now it's suddenly relevant again. You know, I, I feel like people didn't talk about it for three years, and now everyone's talking about it again. That's true. That's true. I know people go up and down on it, but like at the end of the day, I gotta. There's a place in my heart for it, mm. even if I don't watch it all the time, which I don't. So you're not going up and down on South Park. I'm. I'm is that a sex joke? Yeah. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> South Park would appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, they also say that these Americans, they dislike abstraction in everyday life. That's interesting. Hmm. Remember when everyone was saying shit like, what does that even mean? Remember when people would say that a lot? No, no, we don't like abstraction. <laughs> we we want everything explained to us. There's some criticism points, but I think sometimes when we get into this Eastern culture, Western culture thing, it becomes like <laughs> a contest. I don't. It just seems pointless to me. Things are what they are, and they're nothing. One's not bad compared to the other. There's maybe some things you can admire that maybe one hemisphere does differently than what most of another hemisphere does. Yeah, but it's. I see- mean, I gotta say, one of the one of the phrases I've heard most in my life is "I don't get it." So maybe, <laughs> <laughs> in regards to things I say, you know what? I think I'm in the same boat. Like I feel like I'm pretty abstract, and I'm comfortable with that, and I don't have to have everything spelled out. I guess I just think, you know, hearing it's just funny to hear people from Eastern culture complain about Western culture. Because being Western, I'm used to uh, people in the West just assuming that Eastern culture is better because they didn't grow up in it. And that Western culture Mm -hmm. is so dumb to like praise a culture you weren't raising. It almost seems kind of Western, ironically. Yeah, but like it's hard not to praise them when they're so enlightened. Buddhism everywhere. Just a bunch of the... Asia is just a bunch of little Buddhas walking around and giving everything they have to the poor and eating one grain of rice a day. Just uh, kidding. There's dictators in Asia. <laughs> Nailed it. Got it. Yeah. That's not a slam on Eastern culture. It's a slam on Western hippies trying to interpret Eastern culture That's... through the lens of what they wish it was. The street outside the factory is named Fuyao Avenue. Mm. And they uh, they they are meeting the chairman. Uh, people, some of the locals in Dayton are like, Come, they're they're very friendly to the Chinese. Meet the chairman. I forget his name. He shows up. They talk about how Americans have fat fingers. It seems like that they are laughing at Americans. Well, the Chinese manager that was coming in, or one of them, said that Americans have fat fingers and therefore cannot work very quickly. <laughs> They're not super efficient. So, I mean, I we probably are a fat finger people. America is like a lot of things. 
at once. Well, apparently the fat finger gene took over. I can, but it's all apparently. fat fingers in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, definitely in Dayton. They're already running where all the fat finger people settled. <laughs> of the uh, what European country do they uh, do the fat fingers originate? From? I don't know. I'm not really good at intra-Europe racism, so probably a place where there's a lot of salted fish because your body absorbs all that salt and you swell up. So oh, like well, a, Scandinavia, yeah, and like a Norway, also everywhere. They're having technical issues regarding doors and shit. Like some things are already being placed wrong because the Chinese are not checking in on American regulations and shit. And they seem to be butting heads against there's a door that's going to instantly cost $35,000 to replace. They want to put um, paintings in the lobby. And one uh, manager, a Chinese manager says something like the Great Wall that shows like Chinese strength and... The chairman is like, no, 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 no. You're going to threaten these Americans. Just put, like, American shit up. Which is actually a pretty smart move. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. And there's uh, there's some issues over the placement of the fire. Not the alarm, but the flasher when the fire alarm goes off. And these are just typical American regulations. In China, they have their own boatload of regulations, I assume. They're just not adjusted to here. It makes me wonder what they did before they actually moved there. Did they look into what it would take to do that in no. the United States? We see some carp, some people fishing for carp, including some new Chinese transplants mm-hmm. blended in with the Dayton workers. Oh yeah, talking with the redneck on the bridge next to him. We got the Fiao employees down here doing it. Oh yeah. They all work at Fiao. Oh, Fiao or Fiao? Fiao. Fiao, is that how it's pronounced? Fiao. F U Y A O. Fuyao Inc. Fuyao. Yes, Fuyao Company. What, what, what type of company is that? Uh. Automotive glass. The, make the glass. Yes, make, make glass. Oh, nice. Okay. The car glass. Okay, wow. Yes. And it was a very adorable scene. Oh, it's fucking wonderful. But a guy explains that carps, they love Wheaties. How does it be English? Carp. 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 C A R P. Carp. C A R P. Carp. Carp. Those are carp. But now, the carp. That you're catching likes corn uh-huh. and Wheaties. Have you heard of Wheaties cereal? I don't know. You ever heard Wheaties. of Wheaties? Wheaties, I don't know. Wheaties. 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 Yeah, buddy, you'll be surprised how good Wheaties works. You can catch carp with Wheaties. <laughs> so there's a thing where the guy, the Chinese fellow, is trying to um, talk about Wheaties. Wheaties. W E D S. And the guy goes, No, no. W E E. T-E-S. No, I don't know. Okay. I don't know that. Yep, that's the best. That was great. That was absolutely wonderful. I really hope that guy didn't think that all Americans fished for carp with Wheaties, you know? I mean, I'm like, going to start. Is is fishing culture in China the same as fishing culture in the United States? Well, they all love fishing. Ain't that enough? I mean, yeah, everybody loves fishing. Don't get me wrong. The fishermen here have like these magic baits yeah, yeah. that they use. I wonder, does that, why do carp love Wheaties? I don't fucking know. We meet Bobby. He's a furnace offloader. Great name. And Bobby is very grateful for Fuyao. And we also meet Shawnea. When she worked at the GM plant, she made $29 an hour. Shit. It's honestly. Unions are the best. It's honestly hard to imagine. Uh huh. It really is. Yeah. The fact that the pass was more lucrative, that's. For the first time, that is going in, like, that's reversing, you know. Mm -hmm. Current generations are broker now. It used to be 
go up each and every time. Now she makes twelve eighty four at Fuyao, which is um, look a lot of places are trying to get a fifteen dollar minimum wage. It just so happens that even outside the major metropolises, cost of living you you can't work for like less than eleven dollars an hour, and that's no. pushing it. That's no, fucking pushing. Not. She lost everything, and then we also meet Jill. She's a forklift driver, and after GM closed, she foreclosed on her house, and she's currently living in her sister's basement. There's a lot of hope because there's a lot of desperation, and there's not mm-hmm. a lot of options. And Booyah. Is looking like the best game going on in Dayton. They really are. Whereas if the GM plant had just shut down and been immediately replaced with Fu Yao, everyone would be like, what is this shit? Yeah, that's true. But now like, they're this bastion of hope because these people have been without a job for a long time, scooping up all the desperate people and making them work for you. We also meet Wong. I love Wong. He's one of the managers there. Seems to be a little more empathetic than the other Chinese managers in a way. Mm-hmm. He has a much more diplomatic way of speaking, but also comes off very sincere. He talks about how Ohio is so flat, and he has two kids and a wife. Mm. And he started Fu Yao at 18, working the furnace. But he also talks about how, without batting an eyelash, or even thinking that it's strange at, for any reason... He says he has no time to eat, and he pulls out a box of Twinkies like, this is my lunch. <laughs> then he shows like his arm scars and shit. He's like, yeah, my arms are all scarred up. Now, <sighs> the American interpretation of what he just said is like, can you believe that this is fucked up? Yeah. I don't have time to eat. My arms are all scarred. When the Chinese point this shit out, it's almost like a weird point of pride, like evidence that they this are- how hard I work. They are accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. Talks about how they work on Mother's Day, and he worked for two years at, with no extra pay with overtime. And this is like madness for an American worker. <sighs> Some of the workers got invited. I forget this guy's name. He's kind of your redneck Ohio-y type. Oh, type. yeah, the guy with the handlebar mustache or the goatee. A Harley Davidson shirt. Oh, hell yeah. He invites the Chinese workers to Thanksgiving at his house. I got the big idea Thanksgiving to invite my close friends, which should have been about four or five of them. It ended up being, I think, 13. Bought a 25-pound turkey, the biggest honey-baked ham I could get, and all of the traditional trimmings. Which apparently, from what I understand, is often a traumatic experience for a lot of people coming from Eastern countries. (laughs) Because it's all savory and there's almost nothing else to balance it out. There's no sour. There's no spicy. There's no, you know. You got sweet and then you got uh, got gravy. (laughs) Exactly. You got sugar and fat pretty much. Oh, it's the best. It's fucking wonderful. I love it very much. And thankfully, you know, in the South, we put greens with it to balance that out a little bit, you know. Slow cooked and bacon fat all day. Oh, well, I mean, that's the only way to do it. I know you don't eat pork anymore. But then he takes them outside to shoot guns at targets. I know that in China they're not allowed to have guns. We have my 12-gauge shotgun out there, pistols. A couple of the very brave ones want to go up and down the road with me on my Harley. And there's pictures of them posing with, like, guns and doing Yeah, these sweet fitted three-piece suits, you know, with cigarettes hanging out of their mouths, holding guns holding a gun in each hand and uh, you know it's a you can't own a gun in china so this is an amazing experience for them like they're shooting things and taking pictures of themselves holding guns and i'm sure 
everyone they know back in China is seeing this. Like, they're showing everyone they possibly can. He said he initially invited a few, like maybe a half a dozen, and then like two, three times that showed up. Yeah, going up and down the road. I would have... Riding in the backseat of his motorcycle. I think I would have enjoyed being there. I kind of wish oh, I went hell to that yeah. I mean, if anything exemplifies the spirit of what Thanksgiving should be, it's absolutely that. I mean... Pulling out the guns on a holiday, that does remind me of my childhood. Oh, fuck yeah. There's a Washington Post article. It's not a holiday if you don't hear guns in the background. (laughs) There's a uh, Washington Post article, the Jeff Bezos Washington Post, that's talking about the Fu Yao plan. It's about to open up. And uh, one of the management there, uh, one of the white managers, is like, That's the front page of the Washington Post, fellas. That's big time. The only negative thing that I can see from this article is that out of our 2,000 people, they picked the number one UAW uh, organizer and sympathizer to talk to. Number one. And that's, and that pretty much defines, it's already pretty much defined at this point, but that's the underlying current of this whole thing. Oh yeah, this is this is the major conflict here. Are we getting to the actual unionizing yet, or are we... Uh... Is there a little buildup before that comes to a head? Because that he- shit is crazy. We are heading that way. Uh, it pretty much climaxes on <laughs> uh, union vote. Johnny, why don't these godless communist Chinese want a union? Well, I mean, I don't want to give too much away right now. But we find out more about how their unions work later on. They seem to be there in name only. In Everyone in China is in a quote-unquote union. It seems to be. I don't know. Like, I have a few diehard Marxist... Well, I have one diehard Marxist friend who would defend China, which is something I don't entirely understand because right now it seems like this Chinese business, and when we go over to China, that the businesses over there that they film are operating like what the right-to-work states wish they could run their corporations like. Right, right. They seem to have a lot in common. You know, I mean, okay, I'm going to I'm going to spoil a little bit, but when they finally go over to China, there's bits of broken glass and you have people without gloves and masks. Well, without masks, but without gloves safe enough to shield your hands from broken shards of fucking glass. They're standing on these piles of multicolored glass and picking through them and sorting the glass shards out by color. Dude, that's every Alabama capitalist wet dream. Yeah. It's like, look at them. They pointed them. There's starving workers in China mm-hmm. that'll pick through glass. Yeah. If there is anything communist about China, it's definitely not a type of communism that centers around workers' rights, which is what a lot of Western communists are very much for. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I've heard... I've heard uh, Marxists and socialists criticize the way uh, China does things. I mean, they act particularly imperialist, despite what they claim to be. Yeah. It's a quasi-communist country. That is essentially like an oligarchy. They have a big power structure, Mm -hmm. and they utilize it in a way that's no more fair than the way America utilizes their power structure. Yeah. And it's what lower lower left, you know, more anarcho or libertarian communist people would call state capitalism and they'll just slap those labels on it if you had to put me in a box i am this 
country's version of a democratic socialist. That's my mm-hmm. ideology. So but, basically, you're a European centrist. Yeah. <laughs> right. But the, I think people, when they talk about socialism or criticize socialism, these things are not all like similar. Like when China ha- converts to a communist model, they're still Chinese. So culturally, their Chineseness is going to inhabit this idea. That never, yeah, like their history doesn't like just run away. Like if America was just like we're going to go full socialist now, mm-hmm. what what a dream that would be. It wouldn't be perfect. We the mistakes that we it would not run smoothly here. The the mistakes that we would make on the way would be uniquely American That's in, in those true. ways. It would just it would just look different. We see a lot of that in uh, some socialism in Scandinavia as well. Um, it's similar to the Far East in the sense that the Scandinavians have a collectivist mindset. They want to get along well in their community. A lot of, I can only speak for people of Danish descent necessarily, but can you they don't it? necessarily like to make waves. I hear the young people are getting way left. Fuck. Yeah. I'm, uh, and I'm, uh, like I hear like the tide just starting to turn on like how people flash their money around and shit. I mean when it comes to rap, that beat is that beat is that beat. That's not gonna change, like <laughs> the thing is like you don't care about money until you don't have it, you know? So for for poorer communities it's your dream to have enough money to flash around. But it's sh- just like just like all this hicks from the, but China, the country. China, yeah, China. They sla- at this point they just slap that label on it like it means something. The same way uh, politicians will just yell freedom here. Yeah, or free market. Yeah, or small government. Yeah, capitalism. Or you know, diversity. <laughs> and there's issues regarding Hong Kong, and also a lot of American entertainment is now becoming more and more tied into China. Mm-hmm. And China has demands on how, sure it, fuck do. how it wants shit parroted back to him. It kind of reminds me of a lot of... But like, uh, if you want to animate a bear that looks like Xi Jinping, <laughs> you can't. It's so... That's, I think I just got documenteers blocked in China. Fuck, fuck them. I mean, okay. If, if anyone from China is legitimately listening, we're not saying, fuck you. We're going by a case-by-case We're basis. going by a case-by-case basis. Also, if Xi Jinping is forcing you to work for him, I am very sorry. He is. He's forcing everyone to work for him. But they're unionized. Don't worry. So basically, China is what Republicans say communism is. But because of the control of China and the amount of money the United States can make off China, it's very interesting how our cap, our so-called late-stage capitalist system, mm-hmm. it kind of proves that it's not ideologically opposed to this as long as it can make money. It, the the capitalist system has no true opposition. It claims to have an opposition. It is full and solely pro-money. And the opposition is anything that gets in the way of making Man, that money. who said it? It was one of the early revolutionaries. But he said uh, the last thing the capitalist sells us will be the rope to hang him with. I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah, you charge the family for the, uh, the, of the executed. Be like, that rope is $500, sorry. Mm -hmm. That just seems so believable. It's unreal. Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown comes to make a speech, and he drops some union names, and he says, we hope that the UAW is allowed to have a vote here, and we hope that they are heard. 
It wasn't like a full-throated endorsement, just the acknowledgement that they exist. Right. And one of the management there was like, out of place, totally out of place. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> and the funny thing is, we'll go to this guy later, and he kind of he's kind of evolved a little bit, but there's reasons, and we'll get is back to that. The, uh, is he the white dude? Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. Every, oh my god, I hate every, that guy so much. He's the worst. Every manager in here that is well, there's one black, like a human safety manager, but all other managers that aren't Chinese are white dudes, pretty much. Yeah. But this dude you're talking about, he's making like kill the senator jokes. I'm gonna have to kill a senator. I'm gonna take those big, big scissors and cut the senator Brown's head. And he talks about how. They're banned, and I guess he means his administration or whatever, that they're banned from the factory. Oh, my God. Yes. And chairman from China, he says, if a union comes, I'm shutting down. Yeah. He didn't and, even say that to the people yet. He was just saying that to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the union comes, we're shutting down. Now, this plant, it makes glass for windshields, automobiles. Mm-hmm. And then a demonstration, uh, some glass breaks on Wong. And they talk about how they're going to need more help. Get more Chinese. There's more American workers than Chinese workers, but you get the vibe that if they could just fill it all with Chinese workers, they would. That seems like the case, yeah. They're working in this room, a certain part of the factory, where it's like this machine can get up to 400 degrees and people are six feet from it. And they they were talking to this guy, and, and once an hour, he spends 10 minutes in the 200-degree room. But the cleanup at the end of the day in that 200-degree room is, encompasses two hours. This is to establish the conditions. Now, keep in mind, the average pay in this place is 12 like a little over $12. I make more than that at my job now. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't do shit like this. No, you don't. I've seen Not you at work. Not even close. <laughs> I do sweat. He does. But that's just maybe a personal issues. Yeah, every room is 200 degrees for Bobby. <laughs> the conditions are not favorable. The chairman... There, we see we see uh, Dayton worker meetings and Chinese people meetings like going back and forth. They're often set to contrast each other. Right, right. And the Chinese meetings are often being like, Americans suck. They're lazy. They don't, they don't work as much as I do. They're like, look, why can't they go around missing fingers like we do? What's wrong with them? <laughs> I have 20 burns in my arm. This guy only has one. These kids have it so easy these days. Absolutely. Like, that is what, the, like, in my day, look we at, walk look six at those miles fat fingers. They have 10 of them. Yeah. Just, but, by the way, I didn't really see anybody in the documentary missing fingers. That's an exaggeration. The Chinese get a lot of motherland pep talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Americans like individual praise, but the Chinese love collective praise, like, in the filter of the motherland talk. You're a part of it. But Americans, they're just not efficient. They're not meeting their goals. But we get a lot of, like, Chinese worker music. There's the transparency song. There's a lyric that says, all blessings from Fuyao are transparent. That's fucking poetry, man. There's a worker meeting of uh, middle management. We get a lot of people who seem to 
I don't know what these people have done before they reach their middle management status, but it's like a lot of people that look like they never have done the things that they're commanding other people to do faster. Yes. They look at the Chinese work style. They're doing it like the drill exercises, very efficient. The management admits that it is impressive, but they talk about what the Chinese get. They get one or two days off a month, 10 to 12 hour days, mandatory overtime. And there's a translator there, and he talks about how Americans are lazy. He's talking about Americans doing a job that he doesn't do. If you can just have this bullshit hyperbole that means nothing but sounds good in a boardroom, uh-huh. then you're just made for middle management. Is there anything more worthless, truly? No offense <sighs> to people I know who are middle management. You, you just got to pay bills. I get it. I mean, yeah, but to be honest, about 75% of you are trash. Yes. Total trash. And the translator makes jokes about how the American workers, they joke around too much. They need to have their mouths duct taped. Duct tape these Wait, joker mouths. Are we in Are we in China already? I think we are in China, yes. Okay, yeah, we're already in China where we actually, we go to the Chinese Fuyao plant. And so it's this middle management fuck, this balding incel of a guy. Okay, I'm not an incel, but careful with the balding. Well, I wasn't. You have a personality. <laughs> oh, okay, true. This guy is a loser. Yeah, and you have a nicely shaped head. It's not, it's... it's oh, thank you. Yeah, it works well with baldness. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> Good save, Johnny. So, this fucker in middle management, who somehow has learned how to speak Mandarin... Which, I mean, if you're going to go into international business, that's a great language to learn. It takes some work. It is. So he's speaking in Mandarin to this other manager who is Chinese. And the Chinese guy is amazed at like all the things that American workers are allowed to do. It's like, is it true that they're allowed to talk on the job? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's terrible. Americans are lazy. I think we'd, uh, I think we'd get a lot more done if I was allowed to put duct tape on their mouths. And the other guy's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> then they high-fived each other. Yeah, duct tape. We meet some workers who work there. You mentioned the women who, women and men who pick through sorted glass. They have to go through the different colors of glass to recycle them. Everybody's working for the weekend. We meet some lady workers in China who they say that they work 12-hour shifts every day. And they say they're tired, but there's no real choice in the matter. There's a man who talks about his family, but he only gets home once or twice a year. Yeah, he lives in a rural province, right? Yeah. In a rural city. The the uniforms that they wear, they kind of look like prisoners. It makes them look like prisoners. But don't worry, Johnny. They're all in a union. Can't you tell? Yeah, they're absolutely in a union. Are we going to meet their union yet? We see a guy walking around an office, and it's all like, basically state pop propaganda mm-hmm. uh pictures from mao to xi jinping and all in between and also the great leader of their corporation fu yeah which by the way he is a slimy looking fuck he does look like, like a, he does look like a cold war villain if you could turn a toad into an asian person <laughs> and then rip the soul out of that person you would get this guy he does not give a shit he is smiling but he is dead inside there is a convention it would appear the chinese news is at the fuyao event 
they sing. They, there's more songs. Children dancing around to like a happy New Year. <laughs> brightly colored glittery like dinner party that they're having yeah light suits and shit we did an episode called uh bathtubs over broadway about corporate musicals and it's a good episode and a good documentary we recommend it and this is actually got to watch that that's a this is the chinese version of that Like the modern day, it's musical performances up in the state and the Fu Yao, and they dance to the YMCA with the minions in the back, the minion characters on the big screen behind them. Because, like we said, a lot of entertainment is being uh-huh. sold in China, uh-huh. and you can make ungodly amounts of money. Apparently, in the Avengers movies, the phone that Tony Stark uses is a Chinese manufactured phone. Oh, Chinese product placement. Little subtle things in there. Yeah. You figured Tony would just make his own. Like, why would he? Yeah, right. Anyway. Isn't there a phone in his suit? He's dead. Or in his wrist? You know what? He's dead now, so it doesn't matter. Wait, are we allowed to spoil that yet? (laughs) Yeah, I think we can. Yeah, it came out a few months ago. We're fine. (laughs) Good fucking rich people. And one of the managers gets emotional, and he makes this vapid, like, world is one one big planet look he's feeling his emotions because he's so inspired by the chinese efficiency american manager or chinese manager it was american manager the same guy who said we need to duct tape the mouths of our employees i can't remember i I can't remember if it was the same guy it might have been but yeah this guy is inspired like he's like choking up talking about like the world is one like just hyperbolic vapid shit that doesn't mean anything the fuck even is that fuck your feelings yeah not all feelings are equal keep that feeling to yourself middle manager hey and we go back to the u.s of the a uh we meet reggie he is manages employee relations and a man is upset microwaves are broken the lunchroom is being taken over by production that's more of the documentary crew issue Mm -hmm. there and we talked to John. He's a safety director. And there's a woman worried that she seems to be from India, an immigrant. And she's trying to understand the American health system in terms of the injury that she just sustained. Oh. And she's worried specifically, a lot of people can relate to this, that she will lose her job. She's talking about points. I'm worried about my points. No, no. You, no, 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 no. Don't no, worry about no, any of that. No, no. Don't worry about the, your no, points no, for missing time or any of that. Job. No, you're not going to lose your job. Yes. Yes. I don't know how all of that works, but it is. She's trying to get a grasp of how her insurance works. And they they're reassuring her, but they're not offering her a lot of specifics on the functionality of it. (laughs) Because the truth is, 
most people barely understand their fucking insurance and it changes a little bit every year. It's never quite the same. Yeah, also their employer wants to uh, help them as little as humanly possible. And nobody can really explain to her how her coverage works. And frankly, if anyone could, you'd just get disappointing answer after disappointing oh, answer. Absolutely. There are safety issues. They want this. They want Jill, the forklift driver, to double up loads on a forklift, but she's been driving a forklift for off and on for a long time. And she's like, that's very dangerous. It's not, I don't understand the Chinese demands here because it seems like a lot of what they're asking for could result in shit just getting broken. Oh yeah. And then wouldn't that. the things I was forbidden to do at Home Depot. Yeah. Wouldn't that just kind of put things back even further? You'd think. Bobby gets an injury. He said 15 years, no injury at GM when Mm. he worked there. Here and just within a year of Fuyao, he's on crutches. And then we start to see picketers. It's a few at this point. Yep. But we're starting to see picketers. And we meet Eric, whose job title is Union Avoidance Consultant. There's a lot of information that you're seeing on TV about Fuyao. Safety concerns, um, other things that are, are being reported, much of which we do not believe are true. It's a real great person. Yeah, it's a real honorable thing to do, like helping people avoid unions. And uh, the chairman is talking to the Chinese workers, explaining to them what the union wants to do. And at the end of it, he's like, isn't that terrible? And all the workers are like, yeah, that is terrible. Now that you queued it up, <laughs> what our feelings should be, yeah, that's terrible. And But the chairman are like, I think they are hostile to Chinese. And they put up a new president a man named Jeff Liu. And so the guy that was complaining about the Sherrod Brown bringing up the existence of unions, mm-hmm. that guy got canned. And so did another person. I think his name was John. And now Jeff Liu, another man from China, has stepped up to make things, I guess, run a little better because there's issues and union buzz is starting to accumulate. Yeah, is he the guy who's talking to the to the Chinese anti-union meeting. Yes. One of the most scary things that he said in the middle of that meeting was that if they unionize here, you won't be able to communicate with your American co-workers. Won't that be terrible? Yeah, because it'll be funneled through a union rep or something like that. But it seemed like maybe a representative might be better at that than <laughs> the Chinese. Right, right. Well, there's absolutely that. There may be definitely cases for this from some people. We don't know. It seems like most of what we see from the Americans are like they're very receptive to the Chinese and what they're all about. They really are. I didn't see too much hostility. They don't necessarily want to like compromise safety for it. No. But I'm sure there are a few people that are like, but the Chinese interpret it that it's just their race and culture that they don't like. They want more money an hour because they hate it because they hate the Chinese. Right. Which is it's kind of silly, but I'm sure there are some people that probably are making inappropriate Chinese jokes or whatever. Oh yeah, there's I it's a factory. There's no way that there's nobody there. You know that PP Coke joke people. That PP Coke joke probably popped up multiple times. I don't even know that joke. We can move on. Yeah, let's do that. We uh Jill is out of the basement. <laughs> She's got an apartment for four eighty a month. That's pretty good nowadays. Shit. Wong. I'm moving to Dayton. 
<laughs> yeah, let's all go to Dayton, home of Robert Pollard. Uh, Wong enjoys a cigarette. We see a lot of the Chinese workers smoking. Yeah. And he's talking to his wife. If I worked like that, I would probably never quit smoking. I know, right? And because that's like the joy of the day. Is that's that all cigarette. you get. Wong misses his wife and family. The guy who hosted the Thanksgiving shit, his name is Rob. Because I wrote that five pages later in my notes. Rob is the the true hero of this story, really. And he's actually very grateful to Wong and the company for hiring him because he's an older man and it's a lot harder yeah. to find work. So he's very grateful for that. We'll come back to Rob. It actually gets sadder. But we meet a woman in conflict with a Chinese supervisor. She is pissed off. He said he expect us to do eight boxes at a time. I, I just want to make sure you're I not going to get hurt. He said he wanted us to push him in here. Well, now we, you probably, it's probably too heavy for you to push so in. You need to let no. him know that. I don't understand. Sometimes... Why she don't know to tell them? Make sure you're communicating to them that you need help. And at this Chinese meeting, once again, all Chinese meetings are how to deal with Americans. And these Americans are coddled and they're very confident and they like individual praise. And there actually is some workers that say that, that the pat on the back is almost more important than the wage. I would argue that I don't need you to pat me on the back. I need you to pay me. Yeah, fuck your pizza parties. I need to pay rent. I actually dislike that. I, I, I hate that, like, good job. I don't I don't need to be told I'm doing a good job. Yeah, I, I need mean, compensation, it's, and it's then really you will get that. It's really fucking empty praise. It's empty praise if you're not able to pay your bills or go to a doctor. So I think there is some point here that they're making, or at least what the Americans claim that they want sometimes the pat on the back more than the pay i mean regardless of whether you love money or not the way our society works money is the most important thing oh absolutely it's not i'm not saying that because i love money i'm saying that because that's just the way this shit works and we're all victim to it i mean i love paying my bills i don't (laughs) i mean i love having my bills paid oh sure rather most a lot of it's on auto pay so i don't have to fuck with it and at this meeting the chairman in a metaphor about the Americans, says donkeys like being touched in the direction that their hair grows. If you rub a donkey counter the way the hair grows, it gets very irritable. Hmm. Americans, donkeys. I would say cats, but yeah, sure, donkeys. But the Americans are just getting more and more pissed. They get no real explanations, no respect. They talk about how they're pouring chemicals in the sewer. The sewer. (laughs) The fucking sewer. And they're like... Blatant environmental uh, transgression. People are wondering if that's doing something to the drinking supply. And then a guy holds up a a UAW union sign and walks through the factory. Security escorts him out. That's... He expected that. Yeah. And he says something that's great. And he looks at the camera as he's walking out and he goes... Sometimes you gotta be Sally Fields. (laughs) <laughs> also don't know who Sally Fields is. You don't know who Sally Fields is? No. Flying Nun. Do you ever watch Forrest Gump? Is his uh, mom. Oh. Smokey and the Bandit. I've, I've only seen Smokey and the Bandit once. Is that the one that has that one song that plays the entire thing? Yeah. That he found there trucking. We're going to do what they say can't be done. It's yeah. a long way to go. Yep. Short time to get there. Good old Jerry Reed. 
Something, something. Watch old bandit run. Yeah, I remember Jerry Reed, but not Sally Fields. Yeah, she... Um, man, I watched that movie a lot as a youngster. One of my favorites from childhood. A Chinese manager asks, can we force them to work overtime? <laughs> How did they not train their Chinese managers? How do you open a company in America... And start dumping chemicals into the sewer directly and hire people who are asking questions like, can we force them to work overtime? But, you know, the way modern politics work in the sense of, and this is Democrats and Republicans, of allowing corporations, giving them breaks and skirting over rules specifically to appease corporations, Mm -hmm. it's maybe not that unusual to think that maybe they could actually get away with something like that if they can throw around enough money. Fair because enough. it's possible that they could. But the problem is that the people aren't going to let you do that. You can say one thing about Americans is... We're American. They love complaining. Everybody's working for the weekend. Sometimes it's meaningful. Eventually someone's going to complain loud enough to cause a stink, at least. We talked to Wong, and he gives the most sympathetic view of the American worker... That anybody, any other Chinese individual represents. Because Wong's a badass. Wong kind of gets it. I like Wong a lot. I fucking love Wong. But he actually says that he respects Americans. And he discovered that most Americans, especially ones that work at the factory, actually work two jobs. And that blew his fucking Hmm. mind. (laughs) Right. Because he's like, wait, we're thinking they're all lazy because they only work eight hours. But they're actually working multiple jobs. They they might be slow today because they're tired from their other job. And he, and I think this is something that um, maybe happens to a lot of people that come to America. America does like to project this uh, life of excess sometimes. Mm -hmm. But he said that when he came to America, he thought that they had comfort and privilege. And then he realized it's really not like that at all. Fuck yeah, Wong. Wong, man. Did Wong, Wong get Western woke? Western yeah. woke Wong? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm a big fan of that show, 90 Day Fiance. And there are a myriad. It's about uh, people in America who get engaged to someone from another country and they come and they stay for a while. And if it works out, they get married and they get a green card, right? Okay, yeah. There's many types of people on both sides of these relationships, you know. But sometimes you get some people from other countries that just think that America is all about driving Ferraris and shit. Right. And or so, everyone's either a cowboy or a gangster. And they wonder why the husbands aren't showering them with gifts and stuff all the time. Like I said, this isn't everyone. Some people are no. actually in love, you know. And it's like, how come you're? Um, we're not in Ferraris? And even it'll be people that do have good jobs but just cannot keep up with the <laughs> demands that right. are put on them. But, of course, you also, there's another side to it where... You can be realistic on your end and say, this is the life we have, and you can take it or leave it. But, you know, everyone's responsible for that scenario. But that, but the, just the point is that, like, there is an image that America projects, and when a lot of people get here, they see the reality of it. Oh, yeah, it's like Seinfeld. Everyone keeps losing their job. Jerry's a stand-up comedian, and they can all afford, like, several thousand dollar a month apartments in Manhattan. And there's also the problem that people from well-to-do and elite backgrounds are also um, pinning all of our entertainment at this point. Uh-huh. So the notions of poverty are filtered through people who have no idea what it's like. 
That's yeah, another. you don't see a whole lot of characters who have to work two jobs. And I think that's what a lot, a lot of this... I think representation is the most important in entertainment mm-hmm. in terms of the balance and the way our society actually is. And, you know, we're, we're working on the whole diversity representation. Yes. We're working on the ethnic and LGBTQ diversity, which is really important, but none of that's going to get, sh- in, none of that's actually going to get fixed. Until you fix what's behind the cameras, basically, yeah. and the production. I mean, so show you- me more shows about black people working two jobs. Yeah. Show me more shows about anybody working two jobs. It's yes. not going to be very interesting. Yeah. It's, it's going to fucking suck. Two broke girls, that apartment is too good for New York City. Right. What's also, her name? how do you live hot? in New York City if you're broke? Well, you better be ready to share a flat with like five people. Yeah, true. Five broke girls. Yeah, five broke girls. That's how it should be. Yeah, truly. And they're all working two jobs. Yeah, and they got to like, one's a signed spinner, and then the other works at Donuts, and then they switch shifts. So basically, everyone who's running this whatever's happening here in America, fuck your diversity. Fix this shit. Yeah. Also, we need diversity, but fix this shit. Well, a lot of it is just like the same the same structures in the in the high CEOs of entertainment are still the same, and they're and they just see like oh, the kids want a, a black guy, uh, get this guy with dreadlocks and put him in front of the hey, camera. Hey, you know this this rich guy who puts on a suit and fights crime? Make that guy a woman. We did it. All right, we, we saved it. everything. We did it. Yeah, we did fuck it. Your tokenism. And then, uh, and then at the next Academy Awards, you get all these actors patting themselves on the back mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. acknowledging that black people exist. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't watch that shit. <laughs> and guess what happens? We get a local 696 United Auto Workers meeting. And a man talks about how his daughter works at a nail salon. Makes 13000 more a year than he does. Motherfucker. Although those chemicals are very toxic. Those chemicals are toxic. And someone points out that in terms of nothing in America has changed in terms of working hard. It's no. just that the the control is being funneled to fewer and fewer people up top. Bernie Sanders, 2020. 2020. Uh, Chinese and American meeting now together. Jeff announces $2 an hour raises. Whoa. But he expects everyone to work harder, which look, paying well and working harder. I get that. And then he says, yeah. work longer. Okay. Now, Jeff, I'm sure you're listening. They can work longer. Hey, Jeff. They can work longer, Jeff. You just have to pay them time and a half. You have to pay them time and a half. Was he not offering to pay them time and a half? I don't know. But that's like... Are these even full-time jobs? You know, they might be cutting it a little bit to skirt around regulations. I mean, that's usually what happens. Yeah. The picketers are increasing. And they're singing those old union songs, Solidarity Forever. And they're, they're not just looking for $2 an hour promises from word of mouth. They want a contract. Fuck yeah. But not everyone, to be fair, is enthralled with the union. And uh, this is common amongst young people entering the workforce. They are looking for to start out with some form of stability. And, and they're younger. They can get a lot more done. Maybe they're not. They, don't, they feel like they might be a threat. I mean, the union can seem much more appealing as you get older and older. I kind of understand that. I was kind of in that place, too, in my younger days. And they're, you know, they're scared. They're newly out on their own. Yeah. They haven't been paying for their apartment very long. If they are even paying for their own apartment, I'm sure a lot of these people are still living with their parents because they just got that's their, a hashtag millennial thing. They just got their first car, and it's really overpriced and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. 
So they got payments, and they're afraid of losing their job. Uh, one of the managers, one of the Chinese managers, is showing pictures of him chumming up with someone. And he says this person is a union sympathizer. He won't be here in two weeks. So he's showing pictures of him himself being friendly with a guy. And the, basically straight up shade shit. Oh. There's an audio of a union bus meeting. Everyone, thank you so much for coming. I know you didn't have a choice. The union will go out of their way to try to convince you that it's a good thing for you and that it is in your best interest. The contract that you get, if you get one, might include better wages and benefits. That contract might include the same wages and benefits you have today. And that contract finally might include less wages and less benefits. And the threat of a strike is no longer scary to employers because today, if you go on strike, while you can't get fired, the employer has the right to fire you. I'll let that sink in. Because you're not supposed to say you can't sign up for the union or you'll get fired. You can't technically say that if you're in a company. Yeah. But what he does say is that you can't get fired, but you'll be permanently replaced. You can't get fired for going on strike, but you can get permanently replaced. This is America. Just change the verbiage, right? And this you can claim it, it means something completely different. What else is that but being fired? So are you telling us not to vote for the, uh, the union? I'm here to tell you to do what you want. Hey, Chrisman, who you work for? I work for a company called Labor Relations Institute. We're a labor consulting company. Is the company paying you? Yes. Yes. Did I say that? Did we say that in every meeting? No, you didn't. No, you didn't say that yet. Well, the reality is they pay me. They're paying consultants in here. Um, they pay me. They don't pay me enough to stand up here and lie to Okay. Jill gets fired because she's repping the union. And she's questioning if she should have gotten so involved. She she just got out of her sister's basement to a four eighty a month Oof. apartment. Yeah. Then we meet that management guy who was hating on Sherrod Brown for bringing up the unions, making jokes about um, making some shitty joke. Like he was very anti-union, but he also oh, yeah, got... he was very anti-American workers. He was the guy who wanted to duct tape their mouths. Well, he's that was the translator. The other guy, I forget. Let me go. Uh... See, there's a there's so many shitheads in here. We gotta. It's hard to parse through them. Hold on. All these balding middle management people look the same to me. He was making the kill the senator jokes. Oh, yeah. But, fuckhead. But he's since been fired and replaced by Jeff. <laughs> and so guess what? Now his mind on it is completely different. He's like, well, before I didn't care about the people who were working for me, but now I care about myself because I lost my job. And now, and he's like, can't spell funya without F-U. <laughs> and he's driving in his middle manager car. Around the Fuyao plant. Guess he could have really used a union to keep his job. Yeah. And, but he has changed his mind, and now he's saying... When I was at Fuyao, I didn't think we needed a union. Move forward to today, you have no voice. You have... Truly, you, from what I'm told, there really isn't an American with authority that they can talk to. You know, I... I think these employees need something. People Whoa. do need that. Wow. Whoa. That's a, I, this is probably a problem in the world over, but 
I feel like here in our society is like the idea that something has to happen to you directly for you to suddenly understand. I mean, in some state, in some instances, that's very helpful, but that just means that there's no infant empathy. It yeah, has it to happen to you. Like when a woman gets sexually assaulted and you got every politician was like, there's someone with a mother and a daughter. <laughs> and it's like, I don't have a daughter, but I don't, but I still empathize. Right. With people who are victims of sexual assault. I mean, don't get me wrong. It definitely, it takes that for a lot of people. And you see that in just the age old stories where, you know, something happens to somebody as a kid. And then they devote their life to fighting this one thing. But we do seem to have a major problem with it here. Uh, people are getting kind of starting to get weaseled out bit by bit. There's still some union representation or the buildup to union representation going. Shit's getting hot. We're approaching a vote. Ooh. The chairman is telling management, hire young people, excellent people. That was all the instruction he gave. He's a useless fucker. <laughs> We see him smoke a cigarette later. But here comes the vote. And Wong, when asked about how this union could work out, he says, one mountain cannot hold two tigers. We'll see how it goes. Has this guy ever fucking seen a mountain? The vote comes down. 868 no's to 444 yeses. And they point out that the young people got scared. So union is busted. And there's a Jeff meeting. And he, and he announces that the 10 best employees get to go to China. Whoa, Shanghai, the most glorious, that's amazing, the most glorious and modern city in China. It's like New York City, but in China. Don't you want to go to Shanghai? They have a sky pool, fifty-five floor. You swim in the sky. That's it, just for a vacation, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a trip. Yeah, to China. And Jeff says, and this is hilarious. He says, "Let's make American great again." I think it's, it's pointed out that despite all these complaints and the trouble with the union and these pesky workers complaining, mm -hmm. that profits and earnings have grown. Weird. Chair and we see the chairman. He's reflecting on childhood. He's back in China. He's not there all the time. He has to come to America like once a month, and he's annoyed by it. But he's lights some incense, and he's praying to a Buddha statue. Johnny, he's godless communist. Why, why is this godless communist praying to Buddha in China? Every Christian book I've read says that everyone's just getting locked up and executed for holding a Bible. Right. Or praying. Well, I don't really know about the uh, about the current restrictions on Christianity there, but I do know Buddha is a very important figure still in many parts of the East. And also, um, it depends on what branch of Buddhism you are. Sometimes it's considered a religion and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just a life philosophy. Yeah, if there's a temple, it's a religion. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> That's kind of my thought on it. I um, what what struck me about him praying to Buddha was uh, the Buddha was someone who cared about the poor. So go fuck yourself. The chairman says, I don't know if I'm a contributor or a sinner. A brief acknowledgement that maybe he's a part of a problem, maybe. If you don't know, you're a dipshit. <laughs> Yeah, I think people now know enough to, like, say, well, I don't know, maybe I'm not perfect, but only to, like, offset continuing to be a shithead. I don't know, it just reminds me of that typical rich man's lament. It's, oh, I've worked so hard for all this money, but it's vanity. It's nothing. What have I really accomplished? <laughs> yeah. I would give anything 
to just still have my family with me. Wow. No, you would not have given anything when you still had your fucking family, you rich piece of shit. So that whole like, yeah, okay, good. I'm glad you're having a tiny moment of introspection. But also, fucking do something about it. Otherwise, your lament is worthless. When they're visiting Fuyao in China, this is, I wanted to point out the, the contrast between what an American union means, or like what a UAW union means, and what it means in Fuyao in China. Okay. The union rep is a Communist Party member as well. Sure, of course. Not only is, is he a Communist Party member, but he's also the brother of the owner of the company. <laughs> so, who is he representing? Yeah, right? It's just a label that means nothing. Yeah. It's their version of just saying freedom over and over again. So they have they have unions, but at least in this company, the unions are not representing the interests of the workers. Yeah. It's like if your union has failed if you only get two days off a month. Yeah, absolutely. The illusion of progress, I suppose. And, you know, whenever the higher-ups can ask, can we force them to work overtime? <laughs> Uh, sadly, Rob, the guy who had that awesome Thanksgiving with all the guns. What a badass. He was fired for being too slow on the computer. We see Wong with his family managed to get back to China. He looks very at peace. Bobby laments that he will never be able to make the type of money that he made at GM, that $29 an hour raise, ever again. Something else that is a threat to unions and human labor machines. And a robot now moves the glass. <laughs> And some Chinese management are walking around, pointing at this section where people are working and saying, yes, we have plans to eliminate four more workers over in that area. And they might as well be talking about beef cattle, you know? Right. 370 million jobs will be displaced by 2030 by automation. By 2030. 375 million. That, ex that exceeds the population of the United States, that number. Funyao profits have... Funyao, Funyao has Funyao has Funyao Funyao Yeah, there's no end. Funyao has profited ever since 2018. The starting wages are fourteen dollars an hour. Whoa! And I know people think like, well, I made so much less than that, and then say like 1982, the the cost of living is up, and the yeah, wages what was are your rent matched. in 1982? Exactly right. Even like in the early 2000s, I rented a house for five hundred. Oh my god! A full size I miss house. Those days so much. But hey, the job market's great, right? The job market's great. I mean, we have more wage slavery out there for op for options. I mean, who said uh, the Trump isn't creating jobs? Everyone's got two. <laughs> yeah, that's what we needed. More more jobs that barely pay. <laughs> hey, you got your spinning signs now, aren't you? Uh, actually, they <sighs> have rob They have machines that can now do that. I saw they one. They have not. Ah, there's a machine spinner sign down Dickerson Road here. I swear, outside of a car wash. This is awful. Why am I laughing? Automated side spinning. God damn. Just to keep from we're crying. all gonna die. <laughs> I know you were in the Yang Gang. <laughs> no. And now it's starting to make sense. I'm ironically it. Yang Gang. Ironically, ironic purposes only. Yeah, but also fuck Yang. He's a billionaire. Yeah, but he can still give me. He can give me a thought. I mean, he's going to be better than Trump, I'm sure. Yeah, but that don't that don't mean much. Yeah, that's true. It's not a... Anyway. Johnny, we don't rate documentaries in a star rating scale. Especially not the Chinese stars on that flag. 
or no. the stars on our flag. Nope. None of those stars will do. It's going to be Herzog. German all those stars. All the stars on the American and Chinese flags should be replaced with little Herzog heads. Damn straight. You're going to give this one through five Herzogs. I'm going to give this one through five Herzogs. Combine them for best out of ten. What did you think of this movie, American Factory, by Stephen Bognar and Julia Reichert? Well, it's fucking confusing. I have more questions now than I went in with. Like, I thought I had a better idea of what Chinese communism was. And I really don't. <laughs> like, it's it's made me really interested in the Chinese working economy. Like, what the average employee faces there and what they're forced to do. And what that means to us. And it gave us, it gave me a more, uh, kind of gave me more of a love for the American people. It made me glad that we were a nation of complainers. Mm-hmm. Even though we didn't win this time. Sometimes shit actually sucks. Sometimes shit actually sucks. And the union loses, actually. These days, it seems like the union usually loses. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was colorful. I thought it was humanizing to everyone except the rich people, which I absolutely love. Even when they tried to humanize him, it didn't really work out. Except Wong. Well, yeah, Wong's not a rich guy, though. That's true. I just thought it was gorgeous. And a little bit culty. And so, I'm going I'm to give it four. I'm going to give it four Herzogs. That's a respectable score. I thought this was a beautiful film. And uh, I'm glad that the directors didn't get too much in the way of it. It seemed like the access they got seemed unique. Yeah. And yeah, I, I also have more questions about the Chinese form of communism. It just looks like another form of corruption. You hear about the politics that occur in China and the Southeastern Sea or the South China Sea and shit like that. And in some ways, just they're shitty for a lot of the similar reason, reasons of exceptionalism that make us shitty. That's true. There the, there does seem to be that similar quality with mm-hmm. the American society, the inherent sense of exceptionalism that you're bigger than you truly are. When really you're just, it is just a, a very impressive, but that's due to pro, single source propaganda <laughs> that, <laughs> that all these people, <laughs> doo-doo, doo-doo. that uh, all these people just seem... In America, there's at least perspective. You can make fun of the president. That's a great thing. That's true. And there is multiple perspectives. I really hate it when people are like, there's two Americas. It's like, no, man, there's like 10 plus <laughs> Americas. Right. I also hate it when something bad happens and they go, that's not what America is. It's like, no, that's yeah, actually, that's what like, America is. That is actually what America Just is. Just like what the Chinese company is trying to do to its American workers in Dayton, that's absolutely what America yeah, is. That's America as hell. That's American as fuck. Might not be Dayton, but it's definitely Alabama. Yeah. And just very well executed film. I highly recommend it. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Hell yeah. You take your four. Combine so you liked with... it even more than I did. I did. I thought it was a beautiful film. Take your four. Combine with my 4.5. That is 8.5 out of 10 Herzogs. Four. Fuck yeah. American Factory. A really well done film. I Absolutely liked, beautiful. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, let's thank Brock and Michelle for I, putting their name on it. Please sign off on another yeah. film of equal or greater quality. Please. Yes. I like this film better than your presidency. <laughs> Come on. Give Drone Strikes a chance. Nope. And that's that. That movie. Happy Thanksgiving, Johnny. Happy Thanksgiving, Bobby. Can't wait for it to eat all that gravy. It's going to be so wonderful. Those fucking giblets. Until then, keep on docking.
I just drank coffee. That means I got a shit. I'm oh, gonna... Bobby, come on, man. I'm sorry, man. Please hold that. Thought. I'm just going to keep talking until you get back. Please, I don't even please. care. This creepy-ass dog's been staring at me this entire time. This old-ass creep. Sitting next to her stuffed mahi-mahi. Or a floral couch. Yeah, that's right. You better look away. Ugh. Bitty. More like shitty. W-E-D-S. W-E-E-T-E-S. No, I don't know. Okay. I don't know that. Yep, it does the best. Sorry about that. It's cool. I'm just uh, reading Teen Vogue. <laughs> about Hong Kong? Well, no, it's about, uh, said instead of Columbus Day, Italian Americans should celebrate Sacco and Vanzetti Day. I'm pretty sure those were Italian socialists. Why would Italians celebrate Columbus Day anyway? Immigrant anarchists okay. who were executed after a controversial trial amid a wave of anti-Italian, anti-immigrant sentiment in the early 20th century. Fuck. Teen Vogue is rad these days. <laughs> well, are teens actually reading this shit? Because uh, if so, teens are fucking cool. Let's make America great again.